the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome back as we head into Hour 3. Something a little different. Uh, a return appearance for Mr. Brandon J. Weikert. He is the publisher of The Weikert Report. He is the author of Winning Space, How America Remains a Superpower. He is the author of his most recent book, of course, The Shadow War, Iran's Quest for Supremacy, and then a third book in the pipeline on China, writing on everything we need to know. We had him back uh, for a double appearance this week because he won't be with us uh, on Monday uh, due to him having to be with uh, some conflicting fly-by-night organization called the United States Air Force. <laughs> See what I did there, Brandon? <laughs> Welcome back, Brandon. How are you? Well played. Yeah. Well, I'm good. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks for being with us again. Love having you. Of course. Well, I've already started on the uh, fourth book on the Arctic, and I'm having a blast reading about the uh, the great white north that uh, only Russia seems to be paying attention to. Were you doing with Arctic having a blast what I was doing with fly by night in the air force? I was trying. I was trying. Okay. All right. All right. We're getting what <laughs> you got pl- good plans for the weekend, brother. We are a little more casual yeah. on Fridays. Yeah. Yeah. So the, uh, my wife, uh, is taking me to a little restaurant here in Fort Myers called the deep lagoon, which is supposedly a very good fish house. I've never been to. So, soon as i'm off the phone with you we're going to be we're going to be go, going there to get some chow oh fantastic uh yeah the yeah. fish in what what kind of the fish in florida is fantastic what do what do you, what do you go oh. what, i mean it's not red lobster but you know <laughs> now, any uh, me personally and i you know i don't want to be racist here but any white fish yeah. is uh is is good um obviously we're known for grouper but that's you know that that's sort of the tourist um fish uh but we've got all kinds of uh, red snapper we've got uh uh snook nice. uh, you've got some really great great fish down here that um you know pretty unique particularly in the gulf coast nice um and uh yeah great crab great seafood uh and i'm really i'm really looking forward to it what's the name of the restaurant it's a deep lagoon fantastic if they get bigger they would grow to scale right Yes, I would think so. Okay. I don't know. This is my first time going. I've never. They would go to scale, there. Brandon. They would go to scale. Okay, <laughs> that's your opinion. Uh, huh? uh-huh. Good. <laughs> all, right. all right, let's get to the graver business. All right, all right. Our graver business rounds on this levity, as Shakespeare said. You had a heck of an interesting column. And, you know, it's interesting. You put your fit. Well, you always do. But this one's really interesting because I think a lot of people were kind of confused about what took place with Joe Biden and his health over the last week or so. And you put your finger right on it over at American Greatness, your piece. Did Biden really have COVID-19? Take us back through that that um, that sequence of events, because, you know, I think, as I said, a lot of us just thought it was weird. But, you know, who knows anymore? You tell us the sequence of events and how you came to this point. Yeah, so basically, uh, we were talking about this a few weeks ago on your show when I was commenting that it's really weird that Biden has announced he's not going to shake anybody's hand when he's at this uh, this Middle East, uh, you know, junket that he was 
you know, hyping up that, of course, landed with a thud. Uh, and I started really thinking about it and investigating. And, and, of course, the entire trip was kind of this, this disaster, slow rolling. Uh, and it ended up with, with uh, Biden actually shaking Bibi Netanyahu's hand, well, because Netanyahu forced it. Um, and- <laughs> Biden can't help himself. He tries not to get a picture shaking hands with right. the head of Israel, who's angering to the left as it is. So the one hand right. he shakes is the one they right. hate the most. Yeah, right. okay. Right. So, you know, he goes in there with this great, you know, left-wing braggadocia. He's going to He's going to hold Israel's feet to the fire, and he's not going to give an inch to the Saudis, and, and he's going to do a deal with Iran. Uh, he, he ends up shaking hands with the great bugaboo on the left, Bibi Netanyahu. Uh, he ends up then flying direct, thanks to Trump's Abraham Accords, for flying direct on Air Force One. Pause from, on that. Uh, do that a moment. That's yeah. fascinating. Yeah. I don't think most people understood what transpired right. there. You do it in your column. Take a moment on that point. Right. So for decades, because of the animosity between the Sunni Arab states and Israel, American uh, leaders, presidents primarily traveling from Israel to a Sunni Arab country, usually had to fly to a third-party country. Right from israel and then go into that arab country so they could this engage the in a fiction time. right that we're not allowed yes, yeah right absolutely right, yeah, yes, yeah yeah that the fiction that palestine is in fact a state right. which it is not but anyway yeah. um so so then um i biden was able to fly direct for the i think it was the first time a president has done that in had decades. to have been had to have been yeah yeah, yeah from ben Gurion airport all the way to riyadh the yeah. capital of saudi arabia now pat buchanan i think was the one who initially said that the reason the no handshake policy was imposed was not because of COVID, which is what the administration said, but it was because the administration realized after they had announced they were going on this trip, my goodness, President Biden's going to have to shake hands with Jamal Khashoggi's killer, the crown prince of Saudi Arabia. How do we avoid this? And so they came up with this absurd, another fiction. Uh, We're going to fist bump MBS. Well, MBS didn't care whether he shakes the hand or not. He got a fist bump. Then he got Biden to basically grovel to get Saudi Arabia to lower uh, energy prices by producing more oil. And he probably gave who knows what uh, to the Saudis. And then in the same time, he gave a speech, a meandering, burbling speech that basically negated everything the left had hoped he would do as president, which is to stick it to our allies and empower Iran. And he basically said, uh, you know, we're going to continue with the Trump era policy of the Abraham. I mean, he didn't say this explicitly, but that's basically what he was saying. Whether he'll stick to it is another matter entirely. But that's what he was saying. And so he ends up, and as he's talking, none of the Sunni and Arab leaders are even paying attention, right. and they don't care. And then, of course, Brett McGurk, the architect of this Middle East policy for the Biden administration, is caught on camera behind Biden, sort of looking down and looking away and not even interested in what his own boss is saying. And so then, you know, Biden's aggravated everybody. So then he gets on a plane, comes back home, goes to Delaware to dump on big oil, and ends up slipping and saying that he's got cancer and has had it since he was a kid, which then, of course, initiates this whole cleanup procedure by the White House press office. And, you know, a day later, suddenly, oh, Biden can't be seen or heard from because he's got COVID, which I was saying in the article, he probably didn't have COVID. They're hiding him, his his minders are, and they're trying to basically, uh, you know, shift 
attention away from this disastrous Middle East trip, as well as his bizarre comments on how he had had cancer since he was a kid because of big oil. And I think this is all one big perception management. And by the way, as Biden was on that trip to the Middle East, um, as I note in the article, his vice president, the cackling Kamala Harris, who is a woman, as she assures us, (laughs) uh, was meeting with the governor of, of California, Gavin Newsom. For reasons we don't say, really understand, by the way. Well, I think it has to do with the fact that Newsom's going to be the Democratic nominee. Right. I think this is obvious. Right. I think that's what's happening. And so, uh, of course, I don't know how the left feels about it. But, that, but my point was there was no other narrative out there as to what the heck the governor of California was, was doing well, at the White House. Yeah. I also think that, that the Middle East trip was meant to mask that, uh, that meeting between Harris, the real power, and Gavin Newsom, the ascending power, um, or maybe they're going to get rid of Biden and Harris will become president and then she'll name Gavin Newsom as her V. You know, um, there's... But, you know the... Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, no. no go ahead. Please. Well, I was just going to say there's so much even in, in, in the outlines of in the contours of the trip itself. So the other part is uh, there are several parts I'd like to do with you. The other part is Joe Biden tried to assure the world and the United States that he brought up Khashoggi's death with MBS. No one believes that. No one believes that, uh, including in, including the people who were in the room and had said so that it never came up. And this fist yeah. bump as opposed to a handshake. Brandon, I got to tell you, what comes off more chummy? A handshake is what you do with someone you don't know. It's a formality. People right. who don't like each other will handshake. Right. People who don't like each other don't fist bump. That's right. It's a brotherly That's right. sign. Exactly right. It, it, That's so whatever exactly the right. whatever the uh, theatrics or the staging of this were, I mean, Biden blew it all. He blew every part of it. He did. But then, but then here he is coming down with COVID yeah. conveniently, and now suddenly everybody's forgotten. Down the rabbit hole, all of this went. And now he's back after 48 hours. We're to believe a 79-year-old man right. had COVID, which is a horrible disease. And he and he basically licked, got over it, it in three hours. days and with less wrinkles Incredible. on his forehead. So maybe Botox. Incredible. Maybe Botox is the answer to COVID. <laughs> uh, Brandon Weicker, let me take a quick break. I want to come back on the yeah. Saudi, on a part of the Saudi thing, and then I want to. Uh, well, yeah, I want to talk to you about this. This odd thing we're engaging in, which is seemingly uh, a bargaining, a public bargaining of hostage negotiations. I'm Seth Liebson. He's Brandon J. Weikert. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. For those of you looking for a remarkable investment opportunity with a great return for investors, check out my friends at Refi. They are offering up a fixed no-load interest rate up to 10 0.25% return for investors in a secure and collateralized portfolio. Why Refi is a due diligence approved firm where investors do really well by doing good for others. And you can too. Check them out at investyrefi.com. That's the word invest, the letter Y, R-E-F-Y.com. Or give them a call at 855-316-3087, 855-316-3087. Brandon J. Weikert is our guest. He of the Weikert Report. He of his several books. You can follow him on uh, Twitter at we, the Brandon, W-E, the Brandon. And Brandon, on the one, one other thing about the Middle East trip I wanted to talk to you about, if I, if I might, for a second. I... 
every once in a while I, I do turn on CNN and they were they had this weird segment last night uh, about <laughs> uh, about about the Saudi um, the Saudi uh, investment in Donald Trump's uh, golf 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 event mm-hmm. up, at, up at his golf club at West uh, what's it called Westminster what, not Westminster uh, yeah, yeah. Bedminster Bed, sorry Bedminster and 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 Anderson Cooper had on some uh, some parent uh, of of a lost loved one from nine eleven and they were beating up on Trump for taking Saudi money and um, I <laughs> thought you know why are you talking about an ex president using Saudi money at his golf course when you had Have the real the current person? president trying to give away the entire store in Saudi Arabia a week ago? That's right. That's right. Or how about the Bush family? Which has literally been in bed with oil with the Saudis for decades. It was so um, odd. And the U.S. government. What about the U.S. government being in bed with uh, the Saudis since 1945? If it's that big of a deal, if we're going to castigate Trump, why are we not castigating the whole thing? The whole or Harvard know, or Harvard or, or any Harvard. school Anderson Cooper went right. to. Yeah, all That's of which right. has Saudi well, money. Is it isn't Anderson Cooper from a big? Uh, industrial family. Uh, uh, yes. Wasn't he related to the Vanderbilt? Yes. They make some of their money. Yes. I'm sure related to oil at some point. Oh, I'm sure. Before, but I'm sure. Yeah. And every school he went to, I guarantee you, had Saudi money. Every one. Every one of them. That's right. They, uh, anyway. That's right. All right. It's just, but it is this weird. What were we saying earlier? This, this, there, there is this weird fakeness to what's going on, uh, and 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 whether it was the COVID. I mean, they they make us. They do nothing. This White House does nothing except allow us to believe the worst. And they did it when they were doing press conferences with fake, fake, fake um, Oval Office statuary. Do you remember this? They were they were they had a fake Oval Office stage where he was getting his shots last year. It's and, and that was inexplicable, too. No one quite. I've looked up. I've tried to look up why they were making fake stagings of the Oval Office. The explanation makes no sense. It was so they could get more press in there. Do it in another room. Why do you have to right. get your shot in the Oval Office? That's right. There's something right. very, it's, well, it's, it's, very well, it odd. It, he, it's, the point I was getting with the article and the point that I think everybody is is getting is that this administration is just a bunch of liars. Yeah. They lie. Yeah. And lie, Seth, about every even little things that nobody really needs to lie about. That's right. You can't trust them on anything, and this is a problem because lying in you know in the prosecution of national security. Okay, I get that, but lying because you're worried that the truth will be revealed that the president is actually a charge and b so weak and timid that he has to have his minders come up with these stories yeah. about him. So that nobody would ever find out the truth. And I think that I and others, particularly at American Greatness, are, are doing the hard work of challenging and piercing this veil of lies because it's dangerous. It is dangerous to our republic. Well, I agree with that. And, and uh, you know, you may remember, um, you're old enough to remember uh, the work of Christopher Hitchens a little bit. Absolutely. And Hitchens is a big, I'm a big fan of him. Good, 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 good. And good, his good. brother, Peter. Yes, also. Right. Still with yeah. us. Uh, Christopher yes. wrote a book, No One Left to Lie to, about Bill Clinton. Yeah. And I will remember, I, I, we actually. may have, he, you know, maybe Peter can update it and revise it with the current. <laughs> but he had a great line in there. You know you are in the midst of a chronic and congenital liar 
a pathological liar when yeah. they lie when the truth would do just fine. That's right. The truth That's would right. do just fine, and yet That's they still right. lie. And it's dangerous. It, and it it's is dangerous, dangerous when you have that kind of power. Um, you know, what else are they lying about? And, and who else is going to get hurt? How many people have been hurt by their lies? Okay, so maybe this cover-up of his disease isn't that big of a deal. But in the wider scheme, you know, his family has been reaping untold profits from ill-gotten gains right. of influence peddling. That's right. Uh, you know, there is real, there's a real suspicion, and it's, and it's an actual one, and it should be at least. Uh, people like Peter Schweitzer have been raising, what if this entire president has been bought and paid for for years by the Communist Party of China? And what are the implications for that? If we can't trust him on something as little as the sniffles, what else can't we trust him on? Well, why wouldn't you distrust him when you, even, again, perhaps a lie when the truth would have done just fine when he was covering for his son, saying such right. an absurd thing as we have never discussed my son's business? No one believed that right. for a minute. He could right. have simply said, right. we've discussed it. Here's the situation. Da, 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 and well, be done with it. But he that, can't say that because he can't say that. Right. And Joe Biden entered government service as, let's face it, maybe upper middle class. He left government service in 2016, a multi multi-millionaire worth worth hundred, you know, tens of millions of dollars. Even if he had been a great investor with his Senate uh, uh, salary and his vice presidential salary, he would have never been worth the kind of money he is worth today had he not at some point been engaged in influence peddling. I, you I, just don't make that kind of money. No, I, you're not right about that, Brandon. He invested very well in his <laughs> retirement pension when he was a truck driver and a longshoresman, don't you know? Right, because right, it's impossible right. to have an upper middle class person who's known as Lunch Pail Blue Collar Joe. Come on. Right, Everyone right, in Washington right. calls me Lunch Pail and Blue Collar Joe. You know what? No one has Amtrak ever called him that. Biden. No one ever called no. him that. No one ever called no. him that. No, and the reason and the reason he took the Amtrak is because it was an easy trip as opposed to always carefully flying. Yeah. I mean, come on, back in the seventies the train was a little bit more dependable in the eastern corridor. It still is. Corridor, I, I, you know, I used to always yeah. prefer Amtrak to Delaware than a flight, even when I lived there. It's it's yeah. it, it is the easier way to travel when you consider yeah. all things uh said and done. I got to take a quick commercial right. break. When we come back, can we talk sure. about this weird Brittany Griner open air hostage negotiation taking place in public? It's it's one of the weirdest things I've ever seen. Can we address that when we come back a little yeah. bit? I'm Seth Leibson. Yeah. He is Brandon J. Weikert. Follow him on Twitter at WeTheBrandon. Buy one of his books. Better yet, buy all of his books. Winning Space out now. The Shadow War coming right out. You can pre-order it. One's about space, one's about Iran, and then his next book will be about China. And no doubt he's got books four, five, and six in the offing as well. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. Brandon J. Weikert is our guest, author, columnist for Asia Times, American Greatness, Washington Times, and um, just, uh, I, you know, I guess we could say a regular, he is a regular on this show. You, you might be my only regular, Brandon. Um, so thank you for doing that. Our audience loves you uh, almost as much as well, I do. Well, thank you for having me. You betcha. You thank betcha. You. Um, so I've never seen anything like this. Maybe, I, maybe, maybe there's an example, but there's this odd dance going on with the White House and Brittany Griner, who is the WNBA uh, uh, uh player who's held in captivity in Russia for trying to bring drugs in. And now there's this, 
I guess, alleged arms trafficker Victor Bout, yes. who yes. They, we thought Russia wanted back, and now we're putting out in public, we're offering Bout for this guy. The Russians don't want him now. I've just never seen it. This oh. was not exactly how we did Terry Waite. No, no. Um, well, first of all, the Russians do want him back. Okay. Very badly. Okay. But this is classic Russian negotiation style. So the, in, in the Russian language, um, and I quote this in Winning Space, they don't have the concept of a win-win. American negotiators believe in the win-win. That's how we're conditioned. That's, you know, business negotiations. Americans believe always in the win-win. In Russia, it's viewed as a power play. And therefore, in a power play, it's a zero-sum game. One side wins, one side loses. And so because we are offering, we came first and offered this deal, the Russians now believe this is how they're going to be able to humiliate us. They will humiliate us, they think. And then ultimately, because it's going against Joe Biden, who they think is already weak, they will humiliate us. And then at the end, after thoroughly humiliating us, they will then say, okay, we'll take, we'll, we'll do the deal. But by then, they'll have made us look so bad and made us look so weak and, you know, embarrassed us so thoroughly that it won't even matter if Biden gets this, this woman back because it, we just, we, we squandered so much diplomatic capital on this, um, uh, this trade. And so the, 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 this, this um, arms dealer captured in 2011, he's very important. He's got a lot of information on a lot of people. Okay. It's why we have him. He's a very valuable chip, but we're not playing him well. And I just can't help but think if we had somebody, a real negotiator, a tough negotiator, like a George Schultz, like a Donald Trump, we might actually get a better deal. I just, I just don't think they would take Americans captive with Donald Trump. I just don't think they'd do no, it. No, I don't think – I don't. Th- well, I don't think we'd be in this position at all with, right. with – I don't. I don't think the Russians would have invaded Ukraine. Well, I agree with that. And I think yeah. this sentence would not be written. I'm looking at today's New York Times. You'll like this, Brandon. I read it so you don't have to. Can I give it to you? <laughs> Russian yeah. officials who have long sought the release of the arms trafficker Victor Bout confirmed the discussions on Thursday, but said Foreign Minister Sergey Lavrov was too busy to talk with yeah. Mr. Blinken right now. Yeah. OMG, there that they're putting that out there. There it is. Yeah. First of all, um, this is classic Russian behavior. Even when the Russians are down and out, they still don't act like it. You would never know that they are struggling in this war. They're doing better than they were six weeks ago, but they are still having a tough go, far tougher than they originally thought. Um, But you wouldn't know that from their press releases and from the way they're behaving and treating the Biden administration. And again, I can't help but think if it were a Republican, if it were even a George W. Bush, I don't believe they would be doing this. It's because they're dealing with a Democrat, especially one as compromised thoroughly as Joe Biden has been. Uh, that's why they're behaving this way. And they're going to make us pay for it. They're going to make us pay for it in, in more ways than one. And just when we finally get the deal, and we'll probably get the deal in six, eight weeks from now, just when we do, they're going to do something else to humiliate us, to stick in that knife, to remind the world, that Uncle Sam is no longer dependable like he once was. It's an awful place to be in because I got to take a quick break. We'll have a longer segment. But predictable. Up. It's 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 exactly right. But also, it just shows who's in charge here. It shows that we're the weak ones. We're the beggars. 
and it shows that they're in control and we're not. And it makes every American traveling abroad just a little less safe, quite frankly. Oh, yes. Let me pick up with you on that and some other stuff when we come right back. I'm Seth Liebson. He's Brandon Weikert. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. Brandon J. Weikert is our guest columnist for all the important journals, author. Check him out at We the Brandon on Twitter. Brandon, this is uh, a headline um, that's just literally awful. And the headline is China closer to possibly invading Taiwan. Axios has it yeah. this way. Chinese invasion of Taiwan may come sooner than expected. Yeah. That's an awful so, headline. Yeah. So actually, I've got a piece pending with our friend Kelly over at the Washington Times. Okay. Hopefully they'll publish it next week mm-hmm. um, in which I explicitly outline why I think this fall is going to be the time when the Xi Jinping regime in Beijing decides to uh, do something, either invade or attack or blockade Taiwan. I think it's going to be this fall. It's going to be the big one. Well, Brandon, you know, again, so China's looking at us and everything we do, everything we are capable of, and we're showing showing them we're not capable of getting back a WNBA player. Right. Uh, We're showing them we're not capable of getting anything out of the Saudi oligarchy, which is usually considered dependent on the United States. (laughs) Um, They're looking around. They're looking at what we did in Afghanistan. Each one of these stories should have been a story of the year. Well, Seth, and it's the Afghanistan example that is the most poignant thing. Please, please talk is, about this. That, this needed to so, be the story of the year, and it isn't. It is so now. it should have been the story of the year. That was a symbol to the rest of our enemies in the world that America was in retreat. She's moving out of the way, so you better push in fast to fill in those gaps while Biden's still in charge, because the next person probably won't be this bad. And that is the example. From that moment, there's a straight line to the Russian invasion of Ukraine. Right. From that, from that moment, there is a straight line to... They're all connected. It is like a seismic shift from the pullout in Afghanistan that was so badly done to the possible attack pending on Taiwan. Last December, a Russian intelligence analyst linked to Bellingcat, which is a private Western uh, intelligence firm, who then leaked it to Newsweek that the president of Russia, Putin, had a phone call with the president of China, Xi, in which President Xi, early last year, announced that they were planning, China was, to attack Taiwan by the fall of 2022. And it was that conversation that compelled Putin to then trigger his attack before the Chinese could attack Taiwan. And I think that was partly because the two of them are figuring out they can weaken and strain the American juggernaut to such a point with a twin attack, one in Ukraine, one in Taiwan, that it's going to put our weakened military in a position of having to pick which fight we're going to fight. 
By the way, I bet Anderson Cooper and CNN didn't interview any mothers of fallen victims of 9-11 after Joe Biden's pullout of Afghanistan and the disaster that of course was. Not. No, of course but, not. But, but, but the history repeating itself is so obviously clear. After Saigon's fall, after the fall of Saigon, after we left so terribly in 1975, that's when about Two hands about a, about ten countries fell to the Soviet orbit over the next four or five years because right. there was no United States that they were afraid right. of. Well, and furthermore, the difference maker. They was, also knew the Democrats we had, weren't going to fight. That's the difference maker. Is that Nixon was the president, and then Ford, and those two presidents, and Ford was weaker than Nixon yep. for obvious reasons. Yep. But those two presidents were able to turn a defeat in Vietnam into ultimately a strategic victory because they were able to triangulate, and this was a bad move in the long run, but in the short run it made sense, triangulate China against the Soviets and contain the Soviets further to prevent the Soviets from using America's defeat in Vietnam as a strategic victory against us. But now we have Biden, and Biden is absolutely not capable of doing what Nixon did at all. The... um the the going forward problems that the next administration is going to have to inherit you know makes makes us not willing really to wait until there's a next administration we have two more years we have two more years either of some now you have a theory i gather brandon that biden will not stay throughout this right this is part of the gavin newsom thing i guess yeah i, I think that I, I i think that there's something going on now maybe biden does make it through to the end and, and his minders are saying he's planning on running for re-election and i'm thinking fat chance but i do think that depending on how they perform the democrats in the midterm depending on that if they perform as badly as everybody thinks i totally foresee biden announcing i'm too old i'm too tired i'm too sick I have cancer after all. <laughs> I can't do the remaining two years. And then handing it off to Kamala Harris and then Kamala Harris running either with Gavin Newsom or maybe Kamala not even running. In, yeah, in I don't think you can have that. two Californians. I just don't think you can. I don't think you can. I think you're right. I Which is why right. I don't think you, when people talk yeah, about a Trump DeSantis right. ticket, I don't terrible think. Anyway. Yeah, I don't think you won't be able to win. Yeah, I don't think you can do it. Uh, constitutionally, even I don't think you can have. Yeah, I think you're right. I, I, I think, think there's right. a real problem. That's why the DeSantis Trump ticket that people talk about just doesn't work. However, you want to play it. No, but well, yeah, it doesn't work for other reasons. Right. Yeah. Uh, there's also the theory flying around that maybe the Hunter Biden stuff will be the excuse. He might. Yes. You know, it's not that well, it's not that Biden that. did anything wrong. It's just that he can right. no longer. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And that somebody in the Democratic Party's power structure is letting these stories now go into the mainstream media because before it was not allowed to be talked about. But now suddenly they're getting out there and even, you know, CNN and some of these other places are, um, you know, following suit and promoting this story, even if they're saying it's nothing to it. They're now talking about it a lot more than they were before. Let me. um close my show with you uh, in our very last sure. small segment. I would like you to address yourself in the couple minutes of our last segment to something you posted, uh, I don't know, an hour or two ago, which is what's needed is a moral crusade against the Chinese Communist Party. I'd love to hear your final words for the week on that when we come right back. I'm Seth Leaves and he's Brandon Weicker. We'll be right back. 
Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show, portions of which have been brought to you by the good people at Balance of Nature. Balanceofnature.com is the website to order their fruits and veggies, which I take every single day and which have been fantastic for my health, for my energy, for my immunity. It's the best product I've ever taken, and you can too. Balanceofnature.com, blend of 16 whole fruits and 15 whole vegetables in one daily dose. Take it once a day, and you are good to go. Balanceofnature.com, just make sure to use discount code BALANCE. Uh, Brandon Weikert, thanks for spending your hour, your last hour of radio with us here on this Friday. Thanks for having me. Yeah, always, brother. Um, give us a minute or two on this post. I, 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 I love it. It's tragic that it needs to be said, but you said it. And it's what's needed is a moral crusade against the Chinese Communist Party. Either give us the how or the why. So I was. Uh, I also posted after, either after or before that, a clip of a documentary from the late 90s uh, from the History Channel when they actually played history shows. And that quote, that, I, that thing that I stated, was in response to something that the, the presenter had said about Reagan coming into power saying, we don't just need to stop the Soviets, we need to have a moral crusade against the Soviet Union. And I was thinking about, it. well, the Chinese Communist Party, in many respects, is even more evil than the Soviet Union was. It's as evil as the Nazis were. And so, uh, you know, it's not just enough to stand up and say, we're not going to let them take this territory, or we're not going to let them do, you know, what they've been doing. Uh, there has to be a reason, a why. And it's not just for material reasons. There's a reason. It's because it's, they're evil. It's because that regime is the personification of evil today in our world. And if we continue to allow it to fester and to reign, it will continue to propagate its evil like a plague, like the pandemic that it loosed on us in 2020. And so it's, it's time for our government to stop fighting among itself and to come to an agreement at the very least on this one issue that China is our single greatest external threat. It is not going away anytime soon. And we need to, to start preparing our people and our society for a long conflict with China, whether it be a real conflict or a Cold War. And part of that is a moral component. We have got to stand up against the evil that is being perpetuated by this regime. And the indifference that we have met that evil with is actually empowering the regime in China and making them seem stronger than they really are. And we've got to stop them from thinking that. And that's the, the only way you do that is a moral crusade against the evils that they are propagating. God bless you, because right now they are changing us more than we are changing them. i got that's to leave right. it there, Brandon J. Weicker. Have a great fish dinner. Have a Thank great you. weekend. Have a great time with the Air Force next week, and we'll be in touch. We'll probably call you in the middle of next yeah. week or something. Great. I'm open. All right. All our best, Brandon. Godspeed. Be Thank well. You. To the rest of you, God bless you all. Thank you for spending some of your afternoon with us. And until Monday, I'm Seth. God bless and class dismissed. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.